It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome everyone into the two-point stance. I'm your host, Brian Drake, Drake Fantasy on the old Twitter machine. Joined, as always, by the managing editor of FantasyPoints.com, the busiest man in South Carolina, uh, Mr. Lionar Graves, Dave Matthews <laughs> band himself, Joe Dolan, uh, fresh off a DMB show this week. How's it going, bud? Hey, Drake. You know, it's been, uh, it's kind of hard to imagine. Right down the street, I'm, uh, uh, look, I'm not in my Dave Matthews hippie phase the way I was 20 years ago, but uh, it's kind of weird. I've been seeing the band for more than half my life. On Wednesday night, they came to Greenville, South Carolina, right down the road, was able to go see them um different band than when i got into them but nonetheless a good fun time i got my uh uh i got my dmb white whale uh uh drake uh oh. i i completed uh i completed their my favorite out which i think is their best album before these crowded streets i completed okay. it live they played spoon uh which was oh, which i tune. think it might be dave matthew's best song in general no it's more set joining him though no, unfortunately, um, the Alanis on the record version is just incredible. But um, no, it was a good time. Nice midweek thing. But then I'm I'm exhausted. And then I woke up this morning, and I and like I I slept like a brick last night. And then you just re- I stand up, and then I'm like hunched over when I stand up. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was standing for three hours last night. So there's that. Now my body's sore. Um, <laughs> so You're getting old, dude. It is. I mean, and I and that it it just makes it all the more remarkable what these football players go through every week. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, oh, yeah, Jalen Hurts. I mean, he can he probably can't even walk six days a week, but on Sunday he's out there playing quarterback, and it's really remarkable what these guys put their bodies through. When, when I wake up sore from standing at a concert for three hours, like, come on. Like, ah, oh, this 12-ounce can I was holding all night was so heavy. I think I got to tore my rotator cuff. Oh, no, no, Drake, 25-ounce cans. I love it. Go big or go home. Yeah, like I'm not driving the the Kevin McAllister man. This is my second Kevin McAllister reference of the day, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not driving. I I definitely got my uh, I definitely got my uh, my 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 25 ounce curls in there, Drake. Well, let's go through all of the games, and you guys know how we do it here on the two point stance. We hit the games of the week as you listen to it this weekend. You know, Friday, Saturday, whenever you're catching us here in the two point stance. We give you a bunch of fantasy nuggets, things that can help you set your lineup. We rip a bunch of fun notes from all the great work that's done over at fantasypoints.com throughout the week, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, Just like I would enjoy a DMV Super Bowl halftime show, but I don't think I'm ever going to get that. Uh, How about we're back in Frankfurt for Colts Patriots? Not quite the same cachet we had last week with Dolphins Chiefs, but, you know, Hey, we got to talk about Jonathan Taylor. His preseason seems to be over as his snap shares risen in each of his five games. He was at 15%, then 42, 50, 61, and now 74% last week. And he's been active as a receiver with three or more catches and eight or more fantasy points as a receiver in his last four games. It's good to see. I think maybe now, Joe, we can rest a little easier with JT in our lineup knowing he's kind of the guy. Um, yeah, look, he's he's taken over in this backfield. Zach Moss did not have a target last week, um, and and I think that's critical. Uh, this is a matchup where I believe the Patriots are giving up uh, more points uh, to to running backs uh, in the passing game than they are on the ground over the last five weeks. Uh, schedule adjusted point uh, plus one point five. PPR fantasy points per game through the air then um and uh, they're basically neutral on the ground and Jonathan Taylor's been getting it done through the air as well that's kind of where um he can make his additional hay get those calorie rich touches and I think he's really started to establish himself as kind of their red zone back which certainly helps Michael Pittman you know he's been crushing at 13 or more points in seven of his nine games with Gardner Minshew but Minshew's been slow of late in the last two weeks, he's actually 19th in completions and 23rd in passing yards. Uh, he only has two top 20 quarterback weeks, so he's far from a sure thing if you're going to stream him or maybe you're playing him in two quarterback league. 
Uh, we do have an injury to Josh Downs. Not sure if he's going to play. Does this prop up Alec Pierce for you in a deep league? Oh, dude. I mean, he's done absolutely nothing at all. So, I mean, maybe, but the Patriots still have a good defense. I'm I'm not going to Alec Pierce, man. I can't do it. Like, <laughs> if you're now, maybe you're doing one of those Sunday morning slates. Of course you are, but I'm not, I can't get there. And, you know, there's so many more deep options that I like this week that I can't get there with Alec Pierce. Maybe one of those options on the other side in this game is, you know, uh, Demario Pop Douglas, 78% of the team routes last week, and he's not just doing it as a slot receiver. So in Graham's start sit column at fantasypoints.com, he notes the Colts are struggling to defend perimeter receivers, uh, but they've been really strong against slot wideouts. Indy is allowing the sixth most schedule adjusted fantasy points to outside receivers. However, he notes they're holding slot wide receivers to the third fewest. So if they're getting Pop Douglas yeah. maybe on the outside, we could see a little more action for him. I know Devontae Parker didn't play last week. And we're also we, we're getting more out of Hunter Henry. That's uh, the guru's guy. He's been talking him up on Sirius for weeks. Could be ascending to an every week role. Uh, and with the Patriots going at two tight ends, 78% of their pass plays in week nine. I mean, I don't know how they're going to have to because they don't have anything else at receiver. Uh, Kenny Moore is the Colt slot corner, Drake, and he's a stud. Um, he's one of the best slot defenders in the entire league. Uh, among qualified cornerbacks with 50% or more of their coverage snaps played inside, Moore's giving up the ninth fewest fantasy points per coverage snap. Um, last week, Adam Thielen ran 21 routes from inside. He ran 21 routes in Moore's slot coverage and managed just two catches for 14 yards on Moore's coverage as part of a five catch for 29-yard day, which was overall Adam Thielen's worst day since week number one on this season. So if Pop Douglas is going to get it done, and by the way, he popped up on the injury report, uh, no pun intended, with an ankle injury this week, um, he's going to probably have to do a little bit more outside. Last bit on this game, Ramondre, I think with all these injuries to the wide receivers and just, frankly, lack of talent, I think he could get things done as a receiver. Six targets in this last game, four for 42. Could be a guy, I know he scored on a big run this last week, but there's a guy I think you can buy low on for the remainder of the season because nobody's excited to have Ramondre on their roster. No, right it's now. like Ramondre, uh, our guy uh, Brett Whitefield asked, Ramondre or Najee Harris rest of season? And I said, Ramondre, and I don't feel great about it, but at least he doesn't have Jalen Warren to contend with. True. Well, let's go to a, a couple of more muddied backfields, and that's takes us to the Cleveland Browns at Baltimore Ravens. Deshaun Watson returned last week. Now he's going to face a Ravens defense on the road who over the last two weeks have allowed the fewest yards per attempt and have created the most sacks so good for the pass catchers you know Amari Cooper catching balls off guys helmets and all that but boy oh boy this Ravens D just looks really really good and they'll have Jerome Ford to contend with and he looked pretty good he's not getting the goal line touches Joe but he did manage uh, this is per Scott Barrett uh 63% snap share 53% route share uh, in his first in Watson's first full game back. Oh, this is Jake Tribby. Excuse me, said this in Watson's first full game back. So Jerome Ford's one of those guys. Again, you're not excited to have him on your roster, and maybe no. somebody else isn't excited to have him on your roster. But this guy's gonna get targets on a, and touches on a really good team. Yeah, and he gets the targets, but Kareem Hunt getting all the red zone work is what really stinks here because this still isn't a good Browns offense, right? So it was a positive matchup for Deshaun Watson, or at least a positive sign, but it was the Cardinals last week. So you want to see, look, we're I always say this, Drake, you want guys to play well against the bad teams, okay? That's what mm -hmm. they're that's what they're there for. Well, would you I always I always get a little snarky when somebody's like, well, but look at his schedule. And I'm like, all right, what would you rather he do? You know, like they can't play the Chiefs and the Eagles every week. Okay. Uh, but Deshaun Watson does need to get it done against a better defense. And this certainly qualifies. This is a, a Baltimore defense, by the way, that absolutely their, their last two home games swallowed up good offenses. Obviously mm -hmm. Detroit, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and then Seattle this last week. And Drake, even uh, the biggest Browns fan would have to admit both of those teams have had a better offense than Cleveland so far this year. Yeah, and if you need a tight end, David Njoku, maybe he's even on a waiver wire. Three straight double-digit performances uh, with Watson at quarterback. Let's flip things over to the Baltimore Ravens, and what everybody's talking about uh, with the Ravens 
is their running back situation. Keaton Mitchell basically comes off the couch. You know, he was injured and nobody thought he was going to get any playing time. Oh, he just happens to lead the NFL in rushing last week. Nine carries for 138 yards. But Joe, then he pops up this week on the injury report. Midweek possible injury with a hamstring. That's no bueno. Yeah, I really hope. Um, I really hope that this isn't a serious issue. We're gonna get to, um, we're gonna get to T. Higgins, unfortunately, with the uh, with the Bengals. But Keaton Mitchell was certainly starting to look like a guy who might end up being kind of the Ravens' version of of J- of Jalen Warren. Uh, if he can't go, and we'll find out more uh, today. Uh, uh, today is Friday. We're recording this on Thursday, so we'll find more today uh, about his availability. But then just keep chugging along with the Gus bus because last week it certainly appeared um, that that uh, Justice Hill had been demoted. Justice Hill was playing in the late-game scenarios when Snoop Huntley came into the game. So keep an eye on Keaton Mitchell. Now, Keaton Mitchell, by the way, was on injured reserve with a shoulder injury, and then he picked up a hamstring injury. So this could be a recurrence of the hamstring injury for Keaton Mitchell. That would be bad news, especially if you picked him up off the waiver wire. One more thing to watch in this game, Drake. The Browns, 16.77% quarterback Pressure rate over expectation over the high, the last five weeks is the highest in the NFL. And Miles Garrett, of course, is the favorite for defensive player of the year. This is going to be fascinating because Lamar Jackson is going to be under pressure this week. That's what the Browns do. But on the season, Lamar's been excellent under pressure. He has the NFL best, this is all per fantasy points data, in passer rating and adjusted net yards per attempt when under pressure. This should be the best test yet for one of the leading MVP candidates. And if he shines in this game, he might jump to the forefront with both Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes on uh, on by this week. It's a what have you done for me lately league. Don't be surprised if Lamar, with a good game, junks to the front of the MVP race. Yeah, I've had a, a buddy of mine who has Lamar as his quarterback, and every week he texts me, he goes, I can't even play Lamar anymore. He goes, we got Gus stealing touchdowns. We got this kid no one's ever heard of. And he's upset that Lamar's not throwing it all over the field. The one guy he's not throwing it all over the field to, Zay Flowers. So Zay Flowers, their wide receiver one, because, you know, the pass game still goes through Mark Andrews. But, I mean, it's frustrating with Zay Flowers. I think if you kind of got to demote him in your personal wide receiver depth chart now, I think he's not an every week starter. He's kind of, you know, a, a fill-in bench guy at this point because you know, he's just an extension of the run game. He's not getting anything downfield like he was in college at Boston College. So, I don't know, Zay Flowers, I the vibes aren't great with me on him. No, and Scott Barrett's been hating on him all season, um, only because he was kind of criticizing how much of his role was in the short to intermediate area, and that is that has played out uh, in, in recent weeks. So he was a weekly starter no longer for, for Zay Flowers. Houston travels to Cincinnati, and everybody is hyped about C.J. Stroud coming off his 40-burger last week. And we just mentioned Mr. Barrett, per his everything report, despite ranking just 13th in pass attempts, Stroud now ranks third among all quarterbacks in passing yards per game and fourth in in fantasy points per game. Houston ranks third best in yards per pass attempt and third worst in yards per carry. They can't run the football. Devin Singletary really bombed out in his uh, debut as a lead ball carrier for the Texans. But back to C.J. Stroud. Everybody's loving him. They're throwing the football over the place to Nico, to Tank Dell. Noah Brown had a huge game. Now Nico pops up with a calf injury on Thursday, so you got to monitor that. Oh, you know, what's your level of trust with C.J. Stroud if you had to start him for the rest of the season in fantasy? I would feel pretty damn good about it. I would like to see him run a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. but I think he's just operating at a super high level. I think – this is somebody you can liken to how Jared Goff gets it done for fantasy, and I think Stroud has a little more natural ability than Jared Goff. So I feel great about C.J. Stroud. Obviously, Drake, the one thing we have to watch here, though, uh, is Nico Collins. Listed yeah. on the injury report with a calf injury, limited on Wednesday, no practice on Thursday. That's a midweek downgrade. So did he get hurt in practice on Wednesday? That would open the door potentially for more Tank Dell and Noah Brown routes here. Obviously, Robert Woods. Um, it's it's possible Robert Woods is washed at this point. Cincinnati, to me, is the best team in the AFC, and they're in the last place in their own division. But this week, they've got major question marks, Joe, at wide receiver, with Jamar Chase nursing a back injury, 
T. Higgins with a bulky hamstring. Now, if these two guys can't play, it's a major blow to the Bengals' offense. So they'd have Tyler Boyd, a bunch of other scrubs. You'd be running a lot of two uh, tight end personnel. So guys, monitor Sunday morning the inactives. Well, it wouldn't shock me if Higgins sat out, and maybe they've done this before with Chase. Chase just plays a, a decoy role out there. Well, Higgins, it does not look like he's going to play. Um, uh, Ian Rappaport reported on Thursday that he's considered week to week. Week to week's never good with a hamstring, especially an aggravation of a hamstring. So T. Higgins do not expect to have him out there. It's probably a little more optimistic on Chase, um, given the fact that he got back into a limited practice on Thursday. Here's something else to keep in mind. The Texans could get Derek Stingley, their their corner, uh, the rookie from last year, back this week from uh, injured reserve. He was a full participant in practice on Thursday. So that can make that Texans secondary better against Cincinnati here. Joe Mixon didn't do anything on the ground last week, just 37 yards, but he's catching balls out of the backfield and he scored, so he saved it last week. Uh, if Cincinnati has to lean on him more, I think he'll be a popular DFS play, uh, maybe. We didn't uh, mention Dalton Schultz, and he's really been coming on of late. The Bengals are giving up the most fantasy points per game to tight end. So, I mean, you look at what they've been hammered by the last few weeks. Dalton Kincaid, George Kittle. So the folks who drafted Dalton Schultz, or maybe he was dropped and you picked him up off the waiver wire, this guy's an every week tight end. He's killing it. Oh, and by the way, if they don't have Nico Collins, they're going to need Dalton Schultz more. So absolutely fire him up all the way in this matchup. Are you just done with these running backs from the Texans? Singletary, Pierce, forget about Well, them. if Damian Pierce doesn't play again, I'd be willing to give another, another go around to Devin Singletary, but I'm not excited to do it. Yeah. So I saw, I hear your, your puppies back there barking. The best was you did a waiver wire show, I believe earlier this week, with Tom Brawley and the dogs were running around going crazy. So if you guys go back to the fantasy points, social media, and you, you'll see, we pulled some clips of Joe's dogs on his couch. I don't know if they it looked like they were making out. Maybe they were fighting. Now they're in the background of the show. I, I think they've got tips uh, on this backfield. What do your dogs think, Joe, about, you know, this Houston Cincinnati matchup? <laughs> Um, I think they gave you their opinion on this Houston Cincinnati matchup. Let's move on. Drake. I am <laughs> I'm having, I am being put through the freaking ringer this week, man. I, <laughs> I, I just, I was telling the, the folks, you guys can't see this. Joe put his headphones down. He had to go get the dogs, bring them in. I told him the story about the pod you were doing with Brawley and how they're on the couch and going Oh, Brawley was you, you two were pros, man. Brawley was vamping you know, all over while I'm trying to get the, get the dogs to stop fighting. Now, now this time my wife's not home yet. So they're just anticipating her returning home. And when she gets home, they're going to freak out again. And you're going to have to vamp again, Drake. It's going to be well, one of those. Right. I'm sorry. I wasn't very insightful on those Houston Texans, uh, 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 questions you were ask, asking me, but I had to have my mute button on and I could only unmute very, very uh, shortly or else you're going to hear my dog screaming all over the, uh, the podcast feed. Well, we'll get your nuggets on this one. A really good game in Duval County as the San Francisco 49ers come to town for a 1 p.m. kickoff. 49ers, they're coming off the bye, getting Debo Samuel back. He's been a fairly big bust if you've had Debo this year on your rosters. How do you think this 49ers team turns around coming off a couple of losses here? How does Debo impact Kittle and Ayuk going forward? Well, uh, obviously, George Kittle's numbers have been a disaster in games in which both Devo Samuel and, and Brandon Ayuk play. So I think you have to downgrade George Kittle, and I think you have to downgrade him pretty significantly. Um, I, I, Jake and Scott and, and Graham have been digging into this pretty consistently throughout throughout the years about George Kittle's struggles um, when both Devo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are in the lineup. Um, with Ayuk, uh, the Jaguars could be getting their top outside corner, Tyson Campbell, back here. Uh, but, he, but here's the thing about Tyson Campbell. He's coming off an injury, and he's going up against Brandon Ayuk. So you have to keep this in mind. Over the last five weeks, the Jaguars are the single best matchup for outside receivers uh, adjusted for schedule by fantasy points per game. But Tyson Campbell did miss two of those games. So keep that in mind. With Brandon Ayuk, I, I, it still wheels up for Ayuk for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know how you could sit George Kittle, um, but he does only have a fifteen point two percent target share when the the big three trio plays together. And 
that that obviously means I'd probably sit him for like a Dalton Schultz. Now, maybe you don't have that option, but unfortunately, George Kittle's the guy who's very willing to be unselfish here uh, when when the 49ers have all their, their top weapons in the game. We don't need to talk about McCaffrey. He's the best running back in the league. Congrats to everybody who drafted Bad him. Bad matchup this week, by the way. The Jaguars' run defense has been really good, but again, he'll catch 11 it's balls. It's Christian McCaffrey, yeah. <laughs> The Jags are hot, man. Winners of five straight. ETN, he's getting fed, and he's coming through with 22 or more fantasy points in four straight. Holy moly. How about Travis ETN? Tough matchup, though, against these 49ers on the ground, so he's going to have to make his hay as a receiver. Niners giving up the ninth most receptions per game to running backs. And this Niners D, they've gotten ripped by some wide receivers of late. Jordan Addison and Jamar Chase both went for over 100 yards and 20 fantasy points on their ass in the last two games. So maybe we get something here out of Calvin Ridley and, and Christian Kirk. Yeah, I don't know. It's It seems like we're seeing cracks in the armor. Teams are finding ways to attack this Niners secondary. Yeah, so let's see uh, what, what Jacksonville's... Um what Jacksonville's situation is with Zay Jones, uh, who was getting, I believe, some work on the uh, on the side this week. Um, looks like it might be um, he was limited. He was limited on Wednesday. It looks like he's going to be limited again on Thursday. That could unfortunately uh, end up affecting both Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. Let's see if we can get an Evan Ingram touchdown. I know people who drafted him are happy with the catches and the yards, but please get in the end zone. Evan Ingram. Jeez Louise. Uh, he's right. he's catching too many passes, though. You have to start him every week. Oh, yeah. Speaking of a tight end who you can't get out of your lineup, let's go to this game. New Orleans Saints at Minnesota Vikings. Well, Alvin Kamara, he's human. You know, his usage went way down last week, playing under 50% of the snaps. When in his first four games, Joe, he was over 70%. So now we're seeing Jamal Williams is back and Taysom Hill's in on the act. Yeah. So do you think that early part of the year for Kamara was just a fluke? Or are they consciously trying to maybe ramp down some of these touches they're putting on them? Uh, I think they're just trying to get something going. And I also wonder if they're trying to justify their investment in Jamal Williams here. Um, but yeah, snap rate mm -hmm. for Alvin Kamara has declined in four consecutive games. Um, and you want them to be playing from behind if you want those spike weeks um, for Alvin Kamara in the passing game. Uh, Graham Barfield pointed this out. It was a phenomenal observation. In the Saints' wins this year, Kamara has three, five, and five targets. In Saints' losses, his targets have are, have been 14, 8, and 14. So you want the Saints to be playing from behind um, mm -hmm. if, you, if you want Alvin Kamara to have a spike week because now all of a sudden it's looking like Taysom Hill is like their top rusher inside the goal line. And now the Saints obviously are three-point uh, favorites here, two and a half, three point favorites against Minnesota. I know Josh Dobbs uh, is one of the is is like one of the fantasy darlings right now, and he well should be. But as the Saints being favorites here, not great for Kamara. It kind of sucks because like three weeks ago, I'm like, how many running backs would you rather have than this guy? And now the Saints are just taking the ball out of his hands. You mentioned Taysom Hill. He's the best tight end in fantasy, not named Kelsey, and it's not even close. His he numbers be are better insane. than Kelsey right now. He, yeah. And Kelsey's off this week, and he had, like, what, two catches last week? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, it's almost – like, it almost feels like what Arthur Smith's trying to do, do to us. Like, you, you will capitulate. Like, you've been complaining about Taysom Hill for years, and now you will play him every week, every single week. Uh, and you have to play Taysom Hill. I wish week. Arthur Smith coached Taysom Hill. That would be unbelievable. Per Scott Barrett. Taysom Hill ran a route on only 31% of the team's dropbacks last week, which was 33rd most among tight ends. But he also led the team in carries over Elvin Kamara, 11 to 9. So Taysom Hill, get him in your lineup. You know, he could goose egg you one week, but he could also be the number one tight end running back and receiver on the slate. Who knows? The Vikings, they're going to get Josh Dobbs under center as the starter. And we're all really high on him for his heroics, but we got to be conscious of the fact, folks, that he's still only been there for a little over a week. So we, I think we got to slow down on our thoughts that he's mastered this offense. And I don't see anybody else talking about this. We just hear about all oh, the, the great, you know, he showed up. He doesn't know anybody's name and the cadence and whatever. There's still a learning curve here. Now, I think as the season progresses, I'm excited for Jefferson when he returns. I'm excited for Addison and Hawkinson. Probably but not this week for JJ, by the way. Probably not, not yet, but I mean, do you get where I'm coming from with Dobbs? Is everyone's like, oh, it's great. He's in. He knows the offense. This isn't Madden. No, uh, but also 
we also might have to give him a little bit more credit for what he did, even though he started to fall off a cliff at the end with the Cardinals, because look at what happened with Clayton Toon. I mean, they had 58 yards from scrimmage last week, the Cardinals did. So <laughs> Dobbs struggling was way better than Toon. And here's good news for Josh Dobbs here. Um, by our trench metrics uh, at Fantasy Points Data, the Saints, ha- the Vikings have our fifth best pass grade of the week. Um, as the Saints have a really good one too this week, by the way. Um, it's not surprising. The Saints have had one of the most disappointing pass rushes in the NFL all season, Drake. Um, they've turned in a positive quarterback pressure rate over expectation in three of their last four games, but never more than 4% above expectation. So kind of at best, the Saints pass rush has been neutral to the field. Um, as opposed to actually good. So I think Dobbs is going to have time to throw in this game. Now, also keep in mind, though, TJ Hawkinson said he's going through like a rib injury, an oblique injury, and he says it's still bothering him. He expects to play, but it's still bothering him. That's something that you need to know. And you got to be wary of this situation with the running backs. Alexander Madison should command a bell cow role. You know, sucks about Look. Cam Akers, but everyone's talking up Ty Chandler. I'm not on the Ty Chandler bandwagon. There's a reason they went out and replaced him with Cam Akers because he stinks. Yeah. I'm not trying to pick him up. I'm trying to like, I think he's a viable stash, right? Because in the event, he gets the opportunity. We've seen what's happened. The the Rams cut Daryl Henderson this off season. And then instead of going with the guy they drafted, when Kyron Williams went down, they went out and re-signed Daryl Henderson because they're like, all right, at least he knows the system. So maybe Ty Chandler picked up some things over the last couple of weeks, but I think what they're going to do is kind of just jam Alexander Madison in as a low-end bell cow, and you hold your nose and you play Alexander Madison as an RB2. Titans Bucks, another 1 o'clock start, and Rashad White, boy, he's living off these receptions. Per our boy Graham Barfield, he's running a route on 63% of the Bucks' pass plays, which trails only Kyron Williams 71%, and he's on IR, mm-hmm. and Christian McCaffrey 67% among RBs. So he's at at least three receptions in seven straight games. And it's a really good matchup for outside receivers for the Bucks against the Titans as Tennessee gives up the second most receptions per uh per game to outside receivers. So, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's not a good quarterback in my eyes, but he's getting it done. Last week, really good numbers. I played against him in a matchup and I'm like, oh, I'm playing against Baker. I'm going to smoke this guy. Baker comes out and just lights the world on fire you know when i do the trench metrics at fantasy points for my mismatch report i don't i look at the numbers and i report on the numbers and i'm i say this is what the numbers say that's my criteria and i always talk about the top five best and top five worst matchups and i had to do a double take last week last week I wrote it up and I said, the Steelers, they have our number four best rush grade of the week. And I'm like, what the hell are these numbers telling me? Everybody and their mother knows the Steelers can't run the football. But I I wrote it in the article. I said, look, this is what the numbers are telling me. I'm going to evaluate the matchup based on what the numbers are telling me. Lo and behold, look what happens. The Steelers run for 144 yards on non-scramble rushes last week. That was by far their best of the year. And it was the first time all year the offensive line opened up more than two yards before contact per rush attempt. And what that tells me is this Titan run defense, what the numbers have been telling us about their run defense, which Drake, as you well know, for over a year was lights out. Between week two last year and week four this year, Tennessee did not allow 100 non-scramble rushing yards in any game. And now it's happened in four straight and including one of the worst run run games in the NFL in Pittsburgh. So Rashad White, he's been getting it done via the air. This matchup now for the on the ground is his softest runway of the entire season so far. Rashad White should be in a lot of DFS lineups this week, man. Like this is a great matchup for Rashad White. He's a bell cow, and now they actually have a good matchup on the ground. And if you play Rashad White in DFS, maybe on the other side, you're going to want to go with DeAndre Hopkins. That's because Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, two exceptional players in the Buck secondary, might not play. So DNPs Wednesday and Thursday, mm-hmm. if they don't play, you know, wheels up for the uh, the Tennessee pass game. And I mean, it's just, it's all Hopkins. 27% first read targets, 40% of the team's air yards. 
I mean, uh, what are we talking about here? It's just Will Levis goes back. He goes, where's Hopkins? I'm throwing you the football. Yeah. You know, Will Levis, you know, I think, I think there's some things to like, and I think there's obviously some reasons to be concerned. As we mentioned on last week's podcast, he was a second round pick for good reasons. And he was a second round pick for bad reasons. There's a reason he wasn't a first round pick. There's a reason he wasn't a seventh round pick. And I think we've seen more of the good reasons recently. Like, I don't know, Drake, just by the eye test. And I think the numbers probably bear it out too. Like you watched that Thursday night game last week against Pittsburgh. Levis looked way better than Kenny Pickett. He can throw the football. The one thing, and I, he'll get coached up on this with Will Levis, is he literally, he drops back. He's too shallow in the pocket. He lets uh, too many rushers get close to him. I don't know if you've noticed that. Like every time he's throwing the football, I'll it keep looks an like, eye on it. It looks like there's guys all over him. Like a lot of quarterbacks, they'll drop back. They'll step up in the pocket. They'll kind of climb the ladder. He doesn't mm -hmm. do that. He just drops back. So about, you know, either three steps or five steps, and he just stands there. And then the rush is just in his face when he throws. Again, I'm no film bro, but uh, it's something I saw. This is something else I've seen because Derrick Henry is on my son's fantasy team, which now is 9-0, and Joe. This kid's team just can't lose. Get him Derrick off Henry. the podcast. Get you off the podcast and get him on it. Maybe my yes. dogs will drive me off the podcast. You could just bring your son on, man. We could do my son with your dogs. They'll do a show. It'll be just as informative, I bet. Derrick Henry, 176 yards in Will Levis's two starts. Tough matchup, though, with Tampa. Third fewest points allowed to running backs. And this is an interesting stat. They have not allowed a touchdown on the ground yet this year. So we'll see if Henry can break that up. You mentioned the Steelers. They welcome the Green Bay Packers to, how do you say the stadium? Acrisure Stadium? Acrisure. It's Heinz Field. Yeah, I I'm never saying that. Aaron Jones lives, my friend. What do you know? Green Bay said they're going to unleash him, and they did. 20 carries, six targets, an RB2 finish. Nice to see for Aaron Jones, finally. And look, this is obviously what their plan was, right? I mean, Matt LaFleur said they were going to they were going to unleash Aaron Jones in week nine, and that's what they did. He had 26 opportunities on a season-high 57% snap share, and that is clearly their game plan. Hey, you know, Jordan Love looked pretty good the first couple of weeks of the season. Obviously, he looked pretty good in week one. What did he have in week one? He had Aaron Jones. He had an explosive run game with Aaron Jones. He didn't have that with A.J. Dillon, and they unleashed him. And then, look, look, Jordan Love played a clean game last week against the Rams. Now, this is obviously a much tougher matchup, um, but Pittsburgh is allowing 116.5 non-scramble rush yards per game this year. So it's a much more exploitable matchup on the ground than it is for dropping Jordan Love back 40 times against T.J. Watt. So I think Aaron Jones is a locked-in, Oh, I would say borderline RB1 at this point because I think they know they need him in order to um, in order to take a lot of the pressure off Jordan Love's shoulders because Jordan Love was faltering under that pressure. Christian Watson, light a candle, say a prayer. I don't know. I guess it's a pretty good matchup this week for him by the numbers, but, I mean, how can you have faith in anybody in this Green Bay pass game right now? Uh, you, you can't. Um, I think the good news – here's the good news that you can at least look to. I mentioned last week that the biggest problem for Jordan Love was his play on when not under pressure. You know, our by our metrics, Green Bay is one of the best pass protecting units in the entire NFL. And look, there's different ways to measure offensive lines, but I'm just saying by our quarterback pressure rate over expectation, Green Bay is consistently ranked as one of the top groups in the NFL. But it's been Jordan Love's play when in a clean pocket that's been his downfall leading the nfl in interceptions from a clean pocket one of the worst in terms of completion rate from a clean pocket there are some good signs though last week against the rams he completed 18 to 23 passes when kept clean for a season best 78.3 percent completion rate and a 13.7 percent completion rate over expectation so that's good news right there uh for jordan love at least he played a clean game last week he was able to not rush through things Unfortunately for him, much tougher matchup this week against the Steelers. Steelers showing signs of life on offense. Thank goodness. All you do is get Matt Canada out of the booth, you know, on Onto his the burner. field. Yeah, you get him off that burner Twitter handle, get him down on the field talking to players. Deontay Johnson scored. Najee Harris kind of looking like the Najee of old. And, uh, you know, you look at Najee Harris here. What was this great stat I just had from uh, our guy, Tom Brawley? Harris has reached double-digit fantasy points and 55-plus scrimmage yards in three straight games since Pittsburgh's bye. So, hey, it, like we said, it's a sign of life for these guys. With the fantasy trade deadline approaching over the next few weeks in fantasy leagues, 
guys like Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, and the Steelers offense, you're buying or selling the Steelers offense? I don't know if I'm buying the Steelers running backs this week. Over the last two weeks, Green Bay has given up just 101 rushing yards on 47 non-scramble rush attempts. Of those 101 yards, just five have come before contact. So they are getting into the backfield and they are contacting running backs. And that was the problem for Najee Harris earlier this season. Speaking of running backs, Atlanta, they're going on the road to Arizona in a 405 Eastern kick. Our Chris Wecht blew my mind with this Bijan Robinson tweet this week. Bijan Robinson has the seventh highest snap rate inside the red zone on the Falcons, not in the NFL, <laughs> not in the division, on the Falcons behind Van Jefferson, Mecole Pruitt, Tyler Algier, Janu Smith. I mean, this is ridiculous. He has the 10th highest snap rate inside the five behind Keith Smith, who's a fullback. I mean, I wrote an article this week, Joe, and I said players to trade away. I put Bijan on the list. I don't even care anymore. I want out. I, I can't Look, deal with Arthur Smith anymore. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm tired of him, Drake. I don't even know what to say. And basically, every fantasy podcast in the world is piling on Arthur Smith. I don't know if we need to deliberate yeah. on that. All I know is I just absolutely recoil every time I see a FedEx truck at this point. Like I'm, do- I'm done with it. Scott's Scott's perusing uh, Arthur Smith's dad Wikipedia page, looking to dig up dirt on him just to, like, to try to. I find saw him. that. He's like, his dad killed a guy or yeah, two. Like, tr- trying to force him out of the league and like, uh, you know, it, he's just a guy who's never had any sort of accountability and whatever. Like the guy's a jackass, Drake. HB Heineke starting again. I don't know if it matters. Uh, yeah, we don't know. I mean, Kyle Pitts, uh, Kyle Piss, I like that name better. Kyle Pitts is running less routes than Van Jefferson. So we'll see if we can get Drake London back this Didn't week. Didn't we know and... that was going to happen, by the way? They're going to trade for Van Jefferson. Van Jeff- he's not even producing. He's just running more routes than Kyle Pitts. Oh, it's what these guys do away from the ball. Like, Don't, don't scratch your ass, dude. Like, come on. Like, oh, I love God. it. How about, though, let's get over to the Cardinals here, a team that literally you and I could have quarterbacked last week to the same amount of yards. But now there's all this excitement. We got Kyler returning. James Connors coming back. So fire up the Cardinals offense. The Clayton Toon days are done. So what are your expectations for Kyler? I'm starting Kyler in the league where Jalen Hurts is on by, actually several leagues. What are your expectations for Kyler in this offense? Well, Kyler was my non-Jalen was my Jalen Hurts backup in best ball, and I hope he plays well. Uh, let me know what you would do in this situation because I'm not sure he's going to be great this week. By the way, I also expect AJ Terrell to shadow Marquise Brown. Um, last year, Terrell lined up across from Brown on 59% of his routes in Week 17. That was after Kyler went down, by the way, and Brown had just three for 24 receiving on those. So that's a tough matchup for Marquise Brown. Um, Drake, in a league where I've been rolling with Sam Howell and I picked up Kyler, I'm still rolling with Sam Howell this week. I mean, Sam Howell's going to throw the ball 700 times. So, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, Detroit, they welcome David Montgomery back as they head to the, it's called Los Angeles Chargers, but every game's a road game. Uh, so, Detroit at Detroit, we'll call it basically, Chargers and Lions. Your boy, Jameer Gibbs. Looking good the last few weeks. People are getting excited. But once you get David Montgomery back, I think they're going to settle back into this, this two-man committee. And Montgomery's going to get the, the lion's share, no pun intended, of goal line carries. And, and look, the, I think what people like is they view Dan Campbell as a straight shooter and they view Arthur Smith as a bullshitter. And I, I know fantasy players don't love this quote, but here's what Dan Campbell said about Jameer Gibbs. And I'm like, yeah, all right, he's being honest with us. For the Lions official website, quote, we know what David can do, but we know that Gibbs has gotten better every week. So we're going to ask those guys to do the things they do well, and that help our offense move the football. I don't think necessarily sitting here talking to you right now that I see Gibbs getting 65 plays, which is what he played against the Raiders a couple weeks ago. I don't see that, but he's going to get his fair share now. We know what he can be, and he's growing. I think it'll be a little bit by committee and make sure we get those guys their touches. Gibbs will get his touches. But I think he's essentially telling you both these guys are kind of RB2s. And and we'll, we'll appreciate the straight shooting. And here's the thing that that is the difference between Dan Campbell and Arthur Smith among the millions things that are different. David Montgomery is playing well. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I'm not going to criticize. I didn't even criticize Arthur Smith after week one, even though I'm like, all right, Tyler Algier was kind of annoying, but he ran for 120 yards. How am I going to knock it? You know, but ever Bijan Robinson's been more efficient than Tyler Algier. You know, there was a point in last week's, God damn it, I did not want to do this. <laughs> I'll go on the Arthur Smith tangent. But there was a point last week when B, when Tyler Algier had minus 13 yards on five touches. You know, like, I feel like if David Montgomery had minus 13 yards on five touches, Dan Campbell would, would go, hey, Ben Johnson, you know, you know what? Get Gibbs in the game. Come on. Like, let's let's try something different. So I think he's shooting a straight here. And look, you got your spike week out of Gibbs, and it's good that you got that because now they know he can play in the league. But David Montgomery was playing well, and I don't know if I could take David Montgomery out of a lineup right now. I, I, I just I don't think I can, um, even though he's been out for a couple of weeks. On the other side for the Chargers, Austin Eckler, you know, he's getting in the box, so that's uh, covering up a lot of sins. Great stat from uh, Tom Brawley here. Eckler's finished with 50 or fewer rushing yards in 16 of his last 23 games over the last two seasons, postseason included, but he's got a ton of touchdowns. He's got 18 rushing and six receiving in that span. They need some help in this Chargers offense. It's Herbert dropping back. It's Allen. It's Eckler. And then nobody, me and you could go out there and run some routes for this team. Somebody's got to step up. But, I mean, yeah. otherwise, just you keep rolling out Keenan Allen. He's going to keep producing. Uh, Josh Palmer might not play the rest of the year. They they were so dumb. How dumb were they a couple weeks ago, Drake? Um, yeah, why are you rolling a guy out who's obviously injured? And like, eh, we'll put him out there and see what he can and do. And then now he might miss the rest of the season. And like, oh, just an absolute disaster class by them. Oh, how frustrating. Giants, Cowboys, good Lord. I put this game in my DFS notes on the defensive streamer article at fantasypoints.com. The Cowboys scored something like 30 fantasy points on DraftKings last time these two teams played. I think it was opening day. Tommy DeVito is going to start this game for the New York Giants. Tommy DeVito, I watched play almost every snap in college. Tommy DeVito sucks. I, like their implied point total for the Giants is like 11 and a half points. And I don't know if they're going to get to that. I mean, just really simply, you can't start any Giants anymore. Saquon's dead and you're all your uh, Cowboys are going to go nuts. That's the analysis on this game. Yeah. Like, forget about it. Let's let, let if Tony Pollard doesn't get it done this week, I don't know when he's going to. He's the last time he scored was twice against the Giants in week one. And you can't play anybody but Saquon um for, for the Giants. Like Drake, you know, sometimes I, I who even wants to talk about this game? Like Cowboy yeah. fans, Cowboy fans are like, all right, let's just hope nobody gets hurt in this game. They're 17 yeah. point favorites, you know, like it, the the only thing that can go wrong for the Cowboys in this game is one of their big time players getting hurt. That's it. Right. I'd make sure if I'm playing in a league and Rico Dowdle is on the wire, I would have that guy as a uh, little hope and stash kind of guy on your bench. Because if Tony goes down, you're looking at a, a starting running back on a really, really good offense. Seeing good things out of Jake slash Turd Ferguson, who really just lit it up against Philadelphia. Jalen Tolbert now starting to get snaps over Cooks and Gallup in a super, super deep league. It's moving on. Commanders and Seahawks burn the tape really for Seattle last week as they just got dominated. That was really bad. This is going to be a game where the commanders are going to drop back and throw the ball 700 times. Uh, you know, and this could be really fun. I think for DFS purposes, this is a game to target that could just be a back and forth shootout. Oh, I think it'll be a, a lot of fun here after we talked about the Giants and uh, and Cowboys game. Um I will note this, if you're playing DFS, after a brief reset, you know, A.J. Brown a few weeks ago welcomed Emmanuel Forbes to the NFL. Um, after a brief reset, um, Forbes was back in the lineup last week against the Patriots. Good coaching, by the way, by Ron Rivera. The Patriots might have the worst receiving core in the NFL, and he played well last week. Uh, he gave up just a single six-yard reception to Juju Smith-Schuster. But here's the problem. Despite a three-game stretch for Emmanuel Forbes from week six through eight, in which he played a grand total of 10 snaps, we still have him as having given up the third most receiving yards on the season in total, uh, This, which is how much he struggled in the other games. And this week, he'll probably draw DK Metcalf, who outweighs him by like 50 pounds. So, and that might be that might be low because Emmanuel, For Emmanuel Forbes might weigh less than you do, Drake. And that's probably not good. 
Uh, and DK Metcalf outweighs me. So, uh, hello, this is a potentially a big time, uh, um, unfortunately for Emmanuel Forbes, fall back into old habits type of matchup. Let me give you a great DFS nugget from Tom Brawley's Game Hub article at Fantasy. Nugget it up, man. Jamison Crowder, when he played in week eight for a beat up Curtis Samuel, went off for 795 and one. Okay. Byron Pringle had to play in that role in the slot last week, seven mm. for 78 on 10 targets. The Seahawks mm. give up the second most receiving yards per game to slot receivers. Whoever plays in the slot this week, whoever's healthy, put them in your DFS lineup. Yeah, just go check out, check out who it is. Time. Yeah, we'll see who it is. <laughs> For the Seahawks, it looked like Kenneth Walker. You know, he's kind of still holding off Zach Charbonnet. He had that calf injury uh, week eight. But, you know, I think he's going to hold things down there. Uh, DK and Lockett, just, you know, things weren't really working for him against the Ravens. But they're going to bounce back this week. So I'm looking forward to this one. I I think if you got DK, he's a guy you want to buy. Because as we mentioned on last week's show, great schedule rest of season. And Lockett's a guy who, you know, they say better in best ball, but he he's really good in the regular season too. Another maybe buy low guy who got eight targets last week. Yeah, so um, I, I think the thing with um, this backfield uh, with with Seattle, interestingly enough, uh, Drake is. I wonder if Pete Carroll is wearing on the style for Kenneth Walker. You know, he's a bouncer. John call, John calls him the bouncer, um, and I wonder if when the summer kind or excuse me, the winter kind of moves on. If they're going to put the, uh, they're going to put the snow tires on this offense. That's one observation I might have. And I wonder if that's what, what they're going to do here um, against uh, not, not against Washington this week, but maybe potentially going forward. Brutal Sunday night game jets at Raiders. My God, I thought we had a flex option for a reason. The jets, you know, Garrett Wilson's doing just enough because he's getting, you know, 10 targets a game. You know, you hope Brees Hall can break one. I, you know, geez, other than that, good luck. And the, the Raiders, it's tough sledding for Devontae Adams out there. I mean, you look at the numbers that he's putting mm-hmm. up, and you're like, I drafted this guy maybe end of first, early second round. Even if you wanted to trade him at your deadline, I don't know if anybody's going to give anything much for him. Yeah, what 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 are they going to give you for him? I mean, uh, the only thing I hope is like this. The numbers are bad. But I just wonder if the vibes are so good right now that the Ra- the Raiders just basically hated their boss for two years straight. You know, they're smoking. <laughs> people are making fun of them for smoking cigars in the locker room after, you know, their win last week. And I get it. But guess what, Drake? Nobody is going into that Raiders building where they now actually like their boss. They like Antonio Pierce. Nobody's going into that building now and saying, hey, guys, guess what? Everybody thinks we suck. We're four and five, but we're probably not that good. No way. The Raiders are going around thinking Josh Jacobs is like, I led the NFL in rushing last year. Okay. Give me the ball. Devontae Adams is like, I'm going to the hall of fame. Throw me the ball. We're four and five. We are right in the thick of this playoff hunt. That's what everybody in that building's thinking right now. Finally, the Monday night are Broncos bills as a proud Javante Williams owner. I read this in Scott Barrett's everything report. And it really made me smile. Over the last two games, both of which were Broncos wins, and I do think the Broncos are going to come on uh, in the second half here. Javante has averaged 21 carries, three and a half targets, and 97 yards from scrimmage. Over 15 fantasy points Mm -hmm. a game. I'm loving it. I think he can make some hay against the Bills uh, in this matchup. For Buffalo, I mean, Dalton Kincaid, he's coming on. Shakir is a nice addition as they've gone to 11 personnel. Uh, but I mean, this team can't run the football, Joe. It was James Cook. Yeah. Forget about it. Uh, and look, I wonder if the Leonard Fournette thing is actually going to happen here. Hmm. And again, I, uh, let me use that snow tires uh, kind of analogy there. They didn't try to run the football last week. And eventually, you know what? That's on the offensive coordinator. Their, their game plan last week, and it was a failed game plan because they lost, was, hey, Josh, go make a play. But I that's wonder if that's what they mantra. Like, I mean, yeah, I know it is. And like when you have Josh Allen, all right, it makes sense. But I do wonder now, is this kind of a, hey, let's go, let's try to get something going. Will Leonard Fournette be active in this game? And I kind of think he will be. 
let's get a, a sustained drive so our defense that is you know losing players by the minute it seems can have a break on the sidelines here but mm-hmm. it would not shock me if Denver came into Orchard Park and won this game. Wouldn't shock me at all. I think Denver is really going to turn it around you know, in the second half. But I also, when I look at it this way, it also wouldn't shock me if the Bills just blow them out. Nope, that wouldn't shock me either. Like, if the Bills just decide, you know what, we're playing like crap. Like, screw this. Like, let, let's finally just, like, actually do something for once. Like, it would not surprise me at all. If they if they actually manage to um, if they manage to come in here and blow them out and reestablish themselves, nothing ever surprises me with the Bills. They could beat anybody any week, and they mm-hmm. could they could lose to anybody any week. It's like two teams, kind of uh, two ships passing in the night. Really, the Broncos could be turning things around again. This is a new staff in Denver. Oh, this is a pivotal out. game for both of these teams. If the Bills lose this game at home. To a shaky at best Broncos team, whoof, boy! The media, I will tell be you all one thing. Them. By the way, I'll tell you one thing here. Um, this is a brutal matchup for Jerry Judy. Teron Johnson might be the best slot corner in the NFL. At least, at, at least, maybe the best slot corner nobody knows about. Um, I think this could be a really rough matchup for Jerry Judy. Traded Jerry Judy this week for the number two waiver claim in my big home league, so I could snag Keaton Mitchell. No, thanks, Jerry well, Judy. That might, that might not work for you. This week, the only reason I didn't, I didn't have another running back to play next week. I got to have somebody in the lineup. So now I might be sniffing around again, but yeah, who knows? Well, Joe, this is a fun one. I hope everybody learned a little something from all of the great nuggets we pulled. My apologies for being articles. distracted by my stupid dogs, by the way. Um, but they were, they've been, they were out of their minds on this podcast for the second time this week, uh, Drake. They, they were out of their minds when I'm recording something. Take those dogs out for a walk. Go oh, I, I, I played tennis ball with them for like 30 minutes before, and they still went, and I fed them, and I fed them because I'm like, oh, they'll be all right now, you know? Like, nope, 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 nope. They were not okay. <laughs> Folks, make sure you go over to fantasypoints.com. We still have ways for you to sign up and save. Is it still a Gurific 25, Joe? 25, man. We're not we're not changing it up on people. We're just we're just helping the people, man. That's what we're doing. We're helping the people with Gurific 25. Uh same code as it's been and and will continue to be. And the fantasy points premium live streams, I believe, are free this week, correct? If you go over free this week, yes. So go to fantasypoints.com. There's a free preview. You can check out the Thursday night show that John Adam Kaplan and Brett Whitefield do is phenomenal. I was lucky enough to sub on that a few weeks back. And guys, you think you'll learn a nugget or two on this show. Go listen to that one. It's free this week. It'll, it'll pay for the subscription. Trust me with the money you're going to win betting and playing uh, DFS in fantasy this weekend. So, Joe, good show. Good luck in all your games in week 10. Everybody else out there, we'll see you next week in the Two Points Dance. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.